I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint-resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag Tall Tub Dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th, U.S. only. See store online for details. Howdy, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. A surprise Friday edition of New York, New York, right here on The Ringer. And big news for the New York Giants. They have their head coach, Brian Dable, the former offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, a well-traveled assistant. He was an offensive coordinator a bunch of different places, whether it was with my Dolphins, the Browns, the Chiefs, then he coaches with Belichick. Then he coaches with Saban. Then he goes and works with Sean McDermott and does a masterful, masterful, masterful job of getting the most out of Josh Allen. Listen, this is a slam dunk hire for the Giants from a couple of different standpoints. Number one, the Giants now are in a position where their head coach and their general manager is on the exact same timetable. I can't stress how important that is. I can't stress how crucial that is. Fabulous job now having your GM and your head coach tied it to him. Number two, offensive-minded head coach. The Giants over the last two years have been stuck in the mud. They have been a clueless offensive football team. So the idea now that they have a head coach who got the most out of Josh Allen, and it's very easy to say, oh, well, JJ, anybody could coach Josh Allen. Hold on a second. Coming out of Wyoming, who was raving about Josh Allen? He was raw. He played at a small school. He was inaccurate. That's what I remember the narrative being when it comes to Josh Allen. So, yeah, I give the player credit. He's a beast. He's a monster. At the same time, though, don't we give a guy like Brian Dable a lot of credit for that? I see the calls are coming in like crazy, but he's going to be Joining me throughout the proceedings, he is like our resident giant correspondent. 
And I know he's very happy right about now. The great Danny Heifetz. Hey, buddy, what's happening? Well, you got on mute first. We got on mute, you Heifetz. Then you can go. I can sense you getting what, it. What a rookie mistake. I was, well, I was tweeting out say, the room. I feel done, like an amateur. You've only done about 10 zillion of these green rooms. You would think oh that God. you are a pro's pro. But listen, you're excited. You just got off the TV. You're pumped up. The Giants got your guy. Mazel tov. I'm frazzled. This is best case scenario for the Giants season. If you think, zoom out, think about what just happened. The Giants could have gone nine and eight this season and convinced themselves that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones and Gettleman was the way and deluded themselves. Instead, they had three months of rock bottom that convinced the ownership that they needed to look in the mirror, not only clean house, but that they needed to step away from making all these decisions, go outside the family and outside the organization to hire a GM and a coach for the first time in 40 years, like way before I was born. And then it's like a, a field lies fallow for a year and then it's fertile again. That's what just happened. This season, the Giants were fallow. They were embarrassment. They were laughingstock. And it was so bad. They drilled all the way through rock bottom, came out the other side. It's a sunny day. This is like a holiday. Yeah. And you have to wonder, does it shape up differently if Joe Judge doesn't have that bizarre presser against the Chicago Bears, or if they don't run back-to-back quarterback sneaks, or if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt in the Philadelphia game. A lot of what-ifs, but listen, the giant infrastructure, as you just hit on, Heifetz needed to be blown up because they were disjointed. They never had people on the same page. Gettleman ran the operation completely into the ground and was completely inept. Now, Joe Shane, a Buffalo guy, clearly advocated for Brian Dable. I got a sense, and I told you this 24 hours ago, I thought ownership was leaning in a direction of hiring my dude, Brian Flores. But ultimately, Heifetz, you get the guy that the general manager wanted, working relationship, good quality coaching staff, and offensive-minded head coach. You're getting all three of those, and... That's why I can't find the negative in this hire. We'll see if it works out three, five years down the road. But the thought process and the rationale for the Giants is tremendous. I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you just zoom out for a second, like the Giants, as embarrassing as everything just happened, they just got to pick between the two best head coaching candidates on the market. Brian Dable is like the hottest assistant. Brian Flores was probably the hottest former head coach. And they were both going for this job till the end. Either This is a win-win. Like, that's a good thing. Like, at the end of the day, it's nice to know that the Giants can be I mean, I don't. I think they were literally the worst team in the NFL at the end of the year. I don't think they would have been favored against the Lions, the Jaguars. It's rock bottom. I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone who roots for this team, who follows this team, would disagree. This is the worst place this team's been in 20, 30, 40 years, maybe the entire history of the franchise. And yet, they still had enough cachet to be able to get two head coaching candidates like that. But this is a reset fundamentally in how they do business. The last it had been 40 years since they went outside the family for a GM. George Young, 1979, the league had to step in and make them do it. It had been 40 years since they went out. That's not a business is higher anymore. Who doesn't interview outside candidates for a job in 40 years? It's like, this is how Michael Strayon went on Fox and like talked about this. Like they needed to modernize the hiring process. You listen. And to your point, JJ, I don't think they do this if Joe Judge doesn't face plant down the three weeks. No, and it might end up being a blessing. Bro, it might end up being a blessing. Now, before we get the calls, and I know the calls are off the rails, so we'll get you going every which way. You agree with your franchise choosing Dable over Flores? I would have been fine either way. I like Brian personally. Brian did a great job with my team. But I think for the fit of the franchise, the GM's ties to Buffalo and the need for an offensive-minded head coach, I think they knocked it out of the park with Brian Dable. I really do. 
I completely agree. I think that, look, to be clear, Dable Flores, either one, like it's a good option. It's nice to be like the bell of the ball and pick whoever you want. But I think that the reason that I like this is it's the relationship with Joe Shane and being able to have the GM and the head coaching on the same page. Like, I know that sounds weird. We're going to hear a thousand times in the next however many years this lasts about collaboration, same page. What does that actually mean? And I think the simplest way to explain it, strip away the football. Forget the foot. Forget this business as a football team. What a football team really is, is inputs and outputs. You hire a lot of people. How much does a roster turn over every year? Like 45 of 90 guys entering training camp every year is different. Like I think four or five years after the Giants won that second Super Bowl in 2011, like there were three or four players left from it four years later. It's a hiring business. It's inputs and outputs. The GM handles the inputs. The head coach handles the outputs. You need those two to be on the same page. You need the hiring department to be on the same page with the management department. And like, it's crazy when you think about Dave Gettleman having a different vision for this team than Joe Judge and then being allowed to work together. Like you need them on the same. That's what it really means. So it's nice that you finally have that with these two guys coming from Buffalo, which has done as good of a job as any team in the NFL last four years at building and getting not just the buzzword, but actual synergy in who they bring in and how they use those players. The Giants need that because there's no vision. Kenny Galladay comes in, they pay him $18 million a year, doesn't have a touchdown catch. Like, where's the vision for who you're hiring? And so I think that is the exciting part, is actually delegating the overall operation because that's the only way it can work nowadays. Hi, Fitz. The calls are hot and heavy, and I think the Giant fan is going to be oh, yeah. very fired up. Let's lead it off. He's as passionate as it gets. The Coney Island Cobra gets us started. Cobra, take it away. Yo, buddy. Gotcha, Cobra. Fire away, baby. So I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with this because this shows that Shane's in charge. That, to me, is the biggest fucking thing here. Joe Shane is in charge here. You know, he didn't have to, he really, you know, he got his guy, didn't have to, you know, have to, you know, literally walk, you know, walk on eggshells because look, I like Brian Flores. I did want Brian Flores, but at the end of the day, this is his guy. This is his. You nailed it. Cobra. Excellent. Excellent point. And you're talking to two Brian Flores supporters. If the Giants hired Brian Flores today, I would have given the Giants credit because I watched them coach every game in Miami. The team got better each and every year from where they were at the beginning of the year to where they were at the end of the year. And Brian Flores is a Brooklyn guy. I would have rooted for him. It would have been a cool story. But you nailed it. Joe Shane is coming from Buffalo. He spent a lot of time with Brian Dable. He was wowed by Brian Dable. I love the fact, Cobra, that Shane probably orchestrated this hire and not giant ownership that has been stepping on their toes for the better part of nine years. Exactly. Here's the thing. Like, again, he already has to walk on eggshells with that coffee boy, Chris Mara, in the room. But now this guy gets to do what he wants to do. He gets to go out. He gets to build his staff. You know, you know, uh, Shane, he gets Dable to come here. And they, and look, we, we know this is, this is going to be a hard job, basically, at the end of the day. They, you know, next year, I'm not expecting much, to be honest with you. I think we have some pieces, but we're not expecting much. What I am expecting, do something dy- dynamic with the offense. You know, our coach looks like Bam Bam fucking Bigelow. But he has an he's an offensive genius. Let's go. Let's do something. That's what needs to happen. Daniel Jones, as we know, you know, he's whether he's injury prone, you know, again, the, his fumbleitis. I want to see something with this kid. This kid can run with the ball. He's he's only here for a year. So show me something. I'm not expecting much, but can you show me something? So cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited now because this is the, his guy. 
he picked his guy. We now have to put together a staff. I'm hoping I'm hoping Wink Martindale comes here. But I think we I think this is it. We're we're going in the right direction. Carl, I think you're you're seeing this thing with X-ray glasses. Like I, I think you've nailed every single part of that. I really do. And I think that to go in order, the Coffee Boy Chris Mary, you're exactly right. I think that you can always count know, on Cobra. By the way, to drop in a line or two, Bam Bam Bigelow, Coffee Boy. You never Fire. know what you get with the Cobra. He just what, what a way to start off the show. It's high expectations for everyone following. I think that what to his point, if you zoom out, like the tectonic plates of what just happened. This is a team run by John Mara's the president. His brother, Chris Mara's in the scouting department. Technically, I think Joe Shane's his boss, but Chris Mara's in the interviews. Think about that for a second. Chris Mara partially owns the team and is in the interviews with Steve Tisch, who owns the other half of the team, obviously, John Mara. And then Chris Mara is interviewing for his boss, but it's like, is he the boss if you're interviewing him? Like, that's kind of weird. And like, that's the whole problem with the organization in a nutshell. Ownership was too involved with how things were going. And to his point, the fact that Joe Shane from Buffalo got his guy from Buffalo is actual, tangible proof that the Giants aren't just saying they're going to pull back. They're not just saying they're giving Joe Shane full, dele- they're delegating responsibility. They really gave it to him, and that's what we needed to see. At a tectonic level, we needed to see them give control of really their family business to someone else. And this is proof, and this is best case scenario. And I, I think it'll be really nice to see what Brian Dable does with Daniel Jones. I think it'll be a lot better to see what he does with the quarterback they draft to replace Daniel Jones Yeah, I think more than likely that's the case. And we'll get to those comments from ownership momentarily. To me, that's a whole lot to do about nothing because you're not bringing in a quarterback next year. Nate is up next. He joins us. Nate, you got to unmute. Let's rock and roll. How we doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. First off, JJ, I want to say proud Orangeman here. It's been a rough... Oh, don't get me started with them. We're not doing the Orange today. They're 9-11. They're an embarrassment. The coach sounds like he's 10 zillion years old. Don't get me started with them. But anyway, Nate, the floor is yours. Fire away. Yeah, it's it's rough here on campus. But I was going to bring up Mara's comments earlier this week where, you know, there's a whole talk on the internet. Some of the most honest comments from an owner in in years that I've seen him basically just admitting failure with the last couple of years and how they've handled Daniel Jones. So them bringing in a guy who's clearly a proven uh, great offensive coordinator is just a really, really great sight to see for the organization. 100%. And listen, say what you want about Mara and the way he's run the team over the last nine years. He's done an awful job. He's made a lot of mistakes. I'm not going to detail all of them because I don't want to bore anybody right about now. But as far as accountability is concerned, we have seen accountability from this ownership group. And I think moving forward now, Nate, you can feel a lot better about where they're headed as an organization. It's not to say that the Giants are a lock to get back to championship ways, but I do believe this is the end as far as the Giants being an out-and-out abomination. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the Cobra brought it up earlier, but I'm not expecting much from next season, but it's just the small steps toward showing themselves as a competitive organization again when it's basically been a joke and an embarrassment to be a Giants fan the past couple of years. Yeah, let's be real. I mean, the bar could not be lower from the previous. Like, literally, this is rock bottom for the no, Giants. No, it's as low as can be. I mean, and listen, they've had bad years, Hypitz, over the last eight. Like, the last year with McAdoo was awful. Shermer's second year was all like they've Eli had Benjamin. plenty of bad years. I don't think they had a stretch where they were is just unwatchable and as sad and as pathetic as they were from basically the end of November 
till the middle of January. I have no problem saying this. I didn't watch their last game of the season because my mom told me when my mom, I actually have a matriarchal Giants family. And my mom told me when I was young, she's like, when you're unhappy, you stop going to the games and you stop watching TV when you've had it. Because you know what? They don't deserve 100% of your loyalty. Well, and listen, week 18, and this team lost I mean, the it. idea that you'd be dialed into Washington and the Giants in that game, God bless you if you are. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Uh, like, God bless you. I have it on, but like, I got 10 zillion other things going on but, around here. The Come point on. being, and I think John Merritt, John Merritt actually said it best. Every time I thought we'd hit rock bottom, we kept going deeper. Get worse. kept getting yeah. worse. And that's really what happened today. Like, I think early December, this doesn't happen. But then you call out Washington as a clown show and then get rocked. I mean, you, you go ahead and you call a quarterback sneak from the, forget second from the one. You call it on third down from the four-yard line. You're not a professional football team. Again, we don't have to rehash all this stuff. The larger point being, if this is the rock bottom it took for ownership to get the message that they needed help and they needed to do less, not more, it was all worth it. Let the field lie fa- fallow. I'm happy. I think they got fertile years ahead. Look at you, dropping vocabulary left and right. I I'm not a it. farmer. That's why, that's not, why I love me... hanging with Danny Heifetz. He makes me look uh, you know, makes me look dumb. You is up next. Big U, what's up, big dog? Good day for the G-Man, kid. Let's go. It is a good day for your franchise. Incredible. Listen, your franchise needed to go and get somebody who had an offensive mind and understood 21st century offensive football. You got that. You got a guy who developed the quarterback. You got a guy who's worked with great head coaches. And... I don't have to worry now about a power struggle. See, that would have been the major knock you if they brought Brian Flores in to be the next head coach of this team. The questions we would have had today would have been front and center. Hey, who's top dog? Can they work together? Are they going to be able to coexist? With Shane and Dable, bro, that all goes out the window. Well, yeah, I mean, he basically got his, you know, he's, it's like they're joined at the hip now, basically, you know, so like that's, you know, he got his pick his coach, which, you know, like we, they were saying, you guys were saying that, you know, he, he definitely is in charge. It shows me that he's definitely taking charge in the organization and he's making the shots. Like, you know, it's time for like Mary to kind of like just be in the background and stop, which what I would think was finally after Steve Tish kind of pushed him off the edge. I think, you know, this is the one that seemed to be pushing the, the, the envelope on like, you got to fire judge. Like, you know, you got to get rid of these guys. Like, I mean, either way you look at it, JJ and Danny is like, it's a massive upgrade over Edelman and judge right now. I'm sorry. Like, Oh, a hundred percent. Not even you. It's not even close. It's not even close. Personally, for me, like, I know that they were saying something that they were saying that Dorsey might take over at OC and Bills or he might come to the Giants. I mean, I'm sure who wouldn't want to work with Josh Allen. So I would assume he's going to stay with as the OC of the Bills. But, but like, I would go after, like, if I'm Dayball, I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can keep Patrick Graham around. I mean, I don't think the defense was that bad when he was the defensive coordinator. Or I would go after Nick Fangio. Just screw it. Build a fucking staff that's, you know, take in everybody, you know, bring it on. Let's go. I think that he, I, I think that that's a great point, and I think it's actually one of Brian Dable's underrated strengths. Again, there's a lot of buzzwords that are going to get thrown around around Dable, like collaborative or open-minded. Like, what, what what does that mean, honestly? I'll tell you what it means. Like, the actual things people are talking about when they're talking about Brian Dable is that he's not schematic. Like, it, like he's not a zealot in terms of a scheme. It's not like Cliff Kingsbury bringing the air raid. It's not. He's not getting hired for his ideas. He's being hired for his ability to manage and kind of oversee things. There was this great quote, shout out, former ringer colleague Robert Mays wrote a great story for The Athletic that Deion Dawkins talked to Mays about this and he said that Brian Dable doesn't paint with red or blue. He paints with the whole color palette. That's what we want. That's Someone a hell of a quote, by the way. 
That's a hell of a quote. Who said that? Deion Dawkins? I, th- I believe it was Deion Dawkins. Yeah, said that. Baby, those linemen were smart. That's what we're talking about. Well, you, yeah, you always, you're, you're, like the, you're like Christian Wilkins and Deion Dawkins. You're like always rooting for the big man touchdown. I love you. Listen, I love the giddiness. I love it, bro. You's fired up. I love it, man. Thick Friday six. night, he got his head coach. And listen, I'm a sucker for a big guy touchdown at two high fits, but like the guys who played line, they take it to another level. Like you could tell like the announcers who are offensive linemen, like Dan Deardorff was like this for years. Like you could just tell he would get so geeked out when an offensive lineman did something productive. My buddy, my old colleague, the great David Deal, uh, former giant offensive lineman, same sort of deal. They love uh, it's amazing, bro, how the linemen love linemen. It's like a fraternity. You got to be crazy. smart. It's underrated. It's harder than you think. My favorite story about linemen, I think, ever was this legendary offensive lineman coach, Alex Gibbs, used to take, uh, well, there's a legend about it, that he used to take offensive line prospects in the draft to lunch and he'd order them a burger and fries and then he'd see how he'd pour the ketchup out. Because if they hit, like the actual sticker on Heinz bottle is exactly where you're supposed to tap. So you can hit the top, the bottom of the bottle, like if you hold it upside down, you hit the, like the top of it as hard as you can. It's not going to come out. You hit the label, comes right out. Point being, you can be as strong as you want, but if you don't know leverage and understand leverage, you're not going to be able to actually move defensive tackles. It's like you got to have be smarter and more intuitive than you think to play line. And that's why it's going to be oh so important for this new regime with two top 10 draft picks. You got to be thinking long and hard about getting two linemen who are going to be able to be here for the next eight to 10 years. Like here is my blueprint for the Giants. And we'll have a lot of time high fits to spend on the draft. Think about what the Jets did. In the 2006 draft, they got yes. the Brickishaw Ferguson. They got Nick Mangold. They got two guys that were cornerstones, that were pillars on that Jet offensive line for a decade plus. Easier said than done, assuming that's going to be the case. Listen, I've seen plenty of teams have first-round picks on offensive linemen. The Dolphins spent a ton of draft capital on offensive linemen, and a majority of the guys they've taken have been absolutely dreadful. So you got to trust your scouting, your process, that sort of lesson in leverage, maybe. Who knows? Maybe that is something that Joe Shed and Brian Dable got to do for the Giants. But they got to hit on those offensive line picks, dude. I couldn't agree more. Worst case, you get Charles Cross fifth pick, and then you come back. You could even reach for a Tyler, reach, quote unquote, for a Tyler Linderbaum. You get I like the center. Pick, I would center. take him. I'm okay with that. If you he's going to be an all-pro center for the next 10 years, you're not going to care about taking him at You get 10. an all-pro center. You get a right tackle. Andrew Thomas has helped. He's at left. Now you got two tackles in a center, and then you can get a quarterback in 2023. That's a team. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. 
100%. Let's head to Trey, who's up next. Trey, take it away, baby. Yes, Trey. You can unmute, Trey. I believe in you. Dude, I wasn't even fucking paying attention. Well, and you know, it goes to show you, Trey. You got to keep your head on a swivel. You got a quick reaction. You know, you're like reacting to the curveball when you were sitting on a fastball. You found a way, bro. So what do you got? I was on Snapchat, bro. Get the, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all over the place. I wasn't, okay. I, I actually didn't think I was going to be brought in the chat. Okay. Danny, uh, big question for you right now. Okay. Uh, obviously you got Dable. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. So I'm just, you know, preemptive oh. strike here. You know what I mean? I'm just going to be honest with everybody. There's a lot of Giants fans in the chat right now. I'm going to say, Hey, congrats. Dable's awesome. But like, what are we going to do about the, you know, what are you guys going to do? Excuse me about the quarterback situation. Uh, Russell Wilson sounds great. Or are we going for somebody like Coral? Or are, are you guys going for somebody like... None of the above. I'll stop you no, right I... there, Trey. And listen, I was on the Russell went, uh, Russell Wilson bandwagon for the Giants a couple of weeks ago before I knew what the plan was going to be in the front office. Once I heard Joe Shane, I'm thinking long-term. I'm thinking build it from the ground up. And Heifetz, you nailed it a few weeks ago. Russell Wilson, even if he gets traded, the Giants are not making that call. Ownership made it clear when it comes to Deshaun Watson. We're out. There's no interest. There's nothing to discuss as far as Watson is concerned. What's going to be interesting, though, and I wanted to bring this up, so I'm glad that Trey brought us in this direction. I would be very careful in reacting to the endorsement of Daniel Jones for next year as a long-term endorsement. Heifetz, I couldn't believe the amount of people on social media like, oh, Daniel Jones is going to be here for the next couple of years. It's like, guys, it's a free year. It's a free look. It's it, it's basically one of the free bets they give us over at FanDuel. They are going to roll the dice for a year. They'd love to hit a yo 11. Daniel Jones clicks with Brian Dable, has a career year, wows you. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, I have something to work with. We'll revisit. But more than likely, Heifetz, they'll let Jones play. They won't be very good. They'll have a top draft pick next year. And your future quarterback will be in the 20. 20- 23 NFL draft. Fair? It, it, I completely agree, JJ. It's kind of like, I think I was stunned. Honestly, it's the difference between watching the press conference and kind of seeing the clips on Twitter. Like, it's nice to get things delivered to your phone, but rea- realistically, I think some things were taken out of context. He said nice things about Daniel Jones because that's what you do. You're not going to, like, say bad things about Daniel Jones. He said, well, you know, he's a good kid. I haven't heard a bad word about him. And, like, when we hire a coaching staff, we'll watch the tape of Daniel Jones and we'll figure out what he does best. That's not an endorsement of anything. That's like the most boilerplate thing you can say. Here's the reality. They got to decide on Daniel Jones's fifth year option. And that money is guaranteed for 2023. They got to decide that they're guaranteeing his 2023 salary before he plays in 2022. He finished the season with a neck injury. They don't know what his future is with his spine if he's going to be on the field. And then when he's been healthy and on the field, he's been bad. I would be stunned, stunned. If they went the Sam Darnold route and guaranteed his money a year in advance, they should I'd be not stunned. do that. And I'm going to take it a step further. I think the Giants are making a mistake putting that money on the books. And you know this, Heifetz. If the prior regime, specifically the general manager and Dave Gettleman, was calling the shots, they would have picked up that fifth year option already on Daniel Yeah, and, I think the Giants are going to do it. And again, one more time, because this is such a good point, JJ. The people who kind of think that Joe Shane's committed to Daniel Jones for multiple years, it's kind of like when you meet your friends out for a night. And like, oh, where are your friends? Oh, they're at a bar. Okay. And you show up at a bar and you meet your friends. Well, you're going to leave right now? Well, no, we just got here. 
that doesn't mean that's not what you're doing for the rest of the night. Like, we'll spend like 20 minutes, 40 minutes here, and they're going to leave. Like, that's what he said. He showed up to the bar. Daniel Jones is here. And like, that doesn't mean that's the whole plan. Let's head to Scotty. I'm sure he's very, very happy. Big Giant fan. What's up, Scotty boy? Hey, this is the best week. This is the best dudes I heard all week after the Hall of Fame <laughs> debacle. Uh, but don't get me started on that. A joke, but you know, I'm finally, you know, look, I think we got a good coach. You know, listen, we'll see what happens. I like the guy so far, but we got to see what the product on the field. I, don't, I thought we're doing who got this year. I mean, I do. We- yeah, but you don't have to though, Scotty. That's the one thing. Like, I think we need to be real and reasonable when it comes to next year's expectations for the Giants. Like This is the worst team in the league at the end of the season. I mean. Literally like, worst. You know it, High Fitz. Scotty, you know it. You were bitching to me every Sunday when we were getting ready and going through point spreads. I dread the idea that you have to watch your football team. So look, if you see improvement, if you see some creativity on offense, these are steps in the right direction. And know at the end of the day, Scott, guess what? In two years, you will position to draft a quarterback. And if for some reason Daniel Jones wows you and clicks with Brian Dable, hey, that's win-win. It's win-win. Let's be honest. The Giants got in this situation because they were thinking about next year because Gettleman convinced them that first Eli was the guy, then Gettleman convinced them Daniel Jones could be the guy. Like, they got in this situation by overestimating what they could accomplish in one year and underestimating what could be accomplished with a four-year plan, three-year plan. And, like, the Giants now have a three- or four-year plan. That's a plan. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really watch the Giants like the last two months because it was just like, why? Why am I wasting my time? This team was a disaster. Yeah, listen, Scotty, you were, in you. A, you were in the majority of a lot of Giant fans. And listen, look at the attendance at MetLife Stadium for that final game of the year against Washington. That's another fact of hype that we didn't talk about. Yeah, the Joe Judge comments. Yeah, the embarrassing quarterback sneaks. When you got like 10,000 people at your final regular season home game, and I know the weather was crummy. And the Giants had nothing to play for. But when fans aren't showing up, ownership is going to be far more likely to ownership act, my friend. Ownership always notices when people don't show up. Look, when the fans vote with their feet and they choose to not come, that's when they know. And, like, I think that people not coming in week 18, people, if you guys listening, usually go and you don't show up. You didn't turn on your TVs. Like, they look at the ratings. They look at the games. They know. And, like, that is part of why Joe Judge got swept out and all these things happen. Like, they know. People are fed up. This will be a good perspective because he's a Buffalo Bills fan. Justin. In Floral Park, he loses his offensive coordinator. Justin, how you feeling, buddy? Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, Justin. Let, hold on a second, though. Let's be, let's be honest. You knew this day was coming. I'm actually shocked you got an extra year out of Brian Dable because I thought he was getting a job last year. I know, but uh, this is a great hire for the Giants. One thing that drove me crazy a little bit with Dable, and you even saw it on Sunday in that first half, why on like third and two are you running the ball with Singletary when you have Josh Allen? I mean, some of the play calling does drive you a little crazy, but I really think he's going to unleash Daniel Jones. And if not, like you said, then you go get a guy in the draft after this because, you know, Jones has potential. He's not as big as Josh Allen, but he does have the potential. He runs the ball sometimes and he can have a cannon of an arm. You got to build the offensive line and give him more receivers. That's how Josh Allen got better. He got Steph Jones. Just. Justin, I know you're grieving, but I just got to throw out there for a second. I think that the difference is Brian Dable, you watch a Bills game, you criticize three or four play calls. The Giants, you watch a Giants game and you're like, oh, three or four play calls. They, that, those weren't that bad. And so, number one, it's a completely different thing. But Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen. Like, I, and I, I he, he like, oh, he can run. It, like, jo- Daniel Jones is like 
has the skill set of Josh Allen minus like 75% of what Josh Allen can do. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't even have Josh Allen's processing anymore. And he doesn't have the running. He doesn't have the build. He doesn't have the arm strength. Like nothing that makes Josh Allen Josh Allen, Daniel Jones has. He's a bad imitation of it. I think that what you guys have is a special quarterback. I think that he's a placeholder for this team right now. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see what Debo does because, like, you know, he comes from the pedigree of New England and also, you know, with the Alabama ties. So you never know, man. I just think this is a really great hire for the There's a lot to like, Justin, before you say goodbye, I got to now ask you a week after the fact. What yes. was worse? What was worse? JJ, I ranked it number Sunday, one, obviously. Wide right has to be number one, right? Has to be. Giants are number one. This is number two, and then obviously Miracle's number three. This is ahead of the Music City Miracle. I agree with you because you know what? Mm -hmm. You're real. That team was never winning a Super Bowl with Rob Johnson as its quarterback. You could have won the Super Bowl if you won in Kansas City last year. Yeah, absolutely. If Doug Flutie's the quarterback, maybe they go to the Super Bowl that year. But that with Rob Johnson, no way. But, yeah, this this team, I'll tell you right now, Kansas City's going to win the Super Bowl. They're just going to. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. I got a question for you. I want to ask Justin one one more question before he bounces. Justin, as a Bills fan, and for all these Giants fans who are listening, I'm curious, how do you feel about the Bills going forward without Brian Dable? Honestly, if Ken Dorsey stays, I think we'll be all right. I honestly think Josh Allen has taken the steps, obviously. So I think whoever gets in there, he'll be fine. But um, I I think they'll be all right. Dable's a great mind, don't get me wrong, but I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think the biggest thing now, Justin, good call, buddy, and Heifetz, now Josh Allen is this, like, finely tuned machine. I think if you lost Brian Dable early in Josh Allen's development, it would scare me a lot more. But now he's kind of been there. He's kind of done that. And I love giving career advice. It's what I do all the time. You know, any of the Syracuse kids who are in broadcasting know it's my specialty. But if you're Ken Dorsey, Stay in Buffalo for a year or two. Oh, you yeah. will be a head coach. You will be a head coach in three years. So, like, yeah. if you come to the Giants, I know you're boys with Brian Dable. You're loyal to Brian Dable. No, 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 no. Stay in Buffalo. You'll be a He'd coach be next year or the following year. Guaranteed. He'd be crazy to leave Buffalo. But a lot of people are saying that he's going to follow. So, that'll be interesting. I'd be, I, I, all right, maybe not. I know I would, I would be stunned. If Ken Dorsey left Buffalo to be the Giants OC. For, well, actually, that kind of gets into a question I had for you. Because there are a couple questions we have for Dable. I think number one is, is he going to call plays? Is he going to call plays? I think plays? he is. I think The he biggest is. difference, though, this is key, and no one's mentioned this yet. Brian Dable called plays from the booth. Brian Dable called plays on the sideline at first, and then he went up to the booth, and it changed. And for simpler reasons than you think, it's not just the sightlines. Brian Dable was, this, he said this, he's too emotional on the sidelines. You get lost in the game, and it's hard to reset after every play. He felt that he was more objective from the from the booth, you know, and I'm that's very an curious. interesting way of looking at it. I, I did He's, not hear that's that. That's not my words. But you know, so you I even think, think that, about the Jets, though. Heifetz, Lafleur was calling plays for Wilson the first five or six weeks from the field. Was it yeah. a nightmare? Was it a disaster? Yep. Went up to the booth when Mike White became the quarterback. Stayed up there, and the Jet offense, let's be honest, looked a lot better when he was calling yeah. the plays from the booth. Now. Is Dable going to trust his offense coordinator to call plays? I have no idea. My guess would be, though, right out of the gate, a lot of these offensive minds that are calling plays, they want to keep calling plays. Doesn't mean that they'll continue to call plays, but my sense would be that Brian Dable, right out of the gate, right out of the shoot, and I'm sure this will be asked next week. I think he's calling plays week one for the Jets. I completely agree, and I think the, the thing we're going to be talking about in the middle of his first season as coach is going to be 
is he able to call plays while also be a head coach? And be a head coach. Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. It's hard. It's hard to learn that. Let's head to Blake, who is up next. Blake, what's up, buddy? He can unmute. Wow, that's a really cute dog. He did unmute. It sounded like he dropped a glass of wine, though. Blake? Nah, so much. Little baby German Shepherd. That's incredible. Now it might have been the German Shepherd getting in the way. I mean, it's a hell of an emoji, but you know, Blake gotta 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 speak up. An avatar. Come on, JJ. All right, let's get the the great Charlie in Elmhurst, who's up next. Hello, Charlie. Hey, John and Danny. Good, great to talk to you guys. You guys are you guys are great. Uh, You guys are awesome. Listen, I don't work with many people on the air. Let me tell you, doing these green rooms, Heifetz has has cracked the code, Charlie. You know, like it's. You got to pass the test. Like Heifetz, I knew from day one. I'm like, yeah, I work well with others. You're not going to worry about that. We are the, we have the collaborative process going. You know what I mean, Charlie? We got it going. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are the best. You guys are the best fit, man. But certainly, uh, certainly, uh, this is the best case scenario for the Giants. Uh, uh, but like, I actually love this hire. I know JJ, Brian Forrest, your guy, but I kind of want to see, I wanted to see, like, not, I didn't want Flores just because after that, I want head coach to be like, you know, wait a year or something. Like, if you're from like a, you know, the like Doug Peterson stuff, like Doug. To basically learn from your mistakes. No, I get that. Listen, Charlie, I totally get that. And I don't know if Brian Flores is going to have the opportunity to do that. Uh, We'll see about New Orleans. We'll see about Houston. We'll see about the other vacancies that are out there. But I actually think it could end up being a positive for him long term. Step back, take a minute, reassess what went right and what went wrong with the Miami Dolphins. And maybe he becomes a better coach long term because of it. But I think for the Giants, though, Charlie, this relationship with Shane and the offensive side of the ball is what makes Dable so, so appealing. Oh, oh, absolutely. And the fact that, uh, this time, I mean, Mara, I mean, I mean, Mara is like all ownership and stepping away. Joe saying, if this was this guy, do not let him get the, the Dolphins a second interview. So, uh, th- this time did a good job. Uh, of course, John, John Mara needs to stay away. And it's, I know I should listen to Joe Shane's press conference a little bit, but press conference doesn't like matter to me. It's always about, uh, what is that? Draft. And let's see what the, the mess that is, uh, the cap. So. Uh, yeah, I've been feeling a little bit better. I mean, since the clean house. So if this was status quo and the, that fraud, that Joe fraud, just and all this, sh- all those clowns coming back, it's like, I've not been looking for any Giants football. But th- in this case, I'm actually very, very, very optimistic. Let's see what it does. So, but number one priority, do not give them the four, uh, fifth year option to that quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think that the Giants will because they're going to want Charlie, appreciate the call, the flexibility high fits of being able to do what they want to do two years from now. And if you have Jones on a fifth-year option, you're drafting a quarterback the following year, you're cutting into a ton of salary cap space. You don't want to be doing that. And we got to give people some context here. So obviously last year's quarterback class was really good, right? You had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. You had, um, you know, Trey Lance. You had, you had a lot of really good quarterback prospects last year. Zach Wilson, we'll see if he's among them. This year, it's like a, just a worse group, right? And we all know it's like just a worse group. Kenny Pickett might go first. Next year, 2023, you got Bryce Young, the Alabama kid. You got CJ Stroud from Ohio State. There's a chance that there's four, maybe five first rounders in the 2023 class. It might be, there's no Trevor Lawrence, but like it might be as good, as deep for first rounders as last year's was. 
And so the Giants being able to have two first, two top 10 picks, two top seven picks to put in the trenches, you either get two, a, a lineman, a defensive lineman, and you have protection for a quarterback. You get Dable and Joe Shane a year to get their feet wet, come in year two. Team's going to suck, so they're going to have another top 10 pick probably next year. And then you go and get your quarterback and with infrastructure, because you have to give them something, that to me is a plan. And honestly, the most optimistic roadmap I've had for the Giants in about seven or eight years. And I don't think Heifetz is exaggerating by saying that. Let's head to Aaron, who's up next. Aaron, what's up, buddy? Aaron. Yo. What's up, DJ and Danny? Aaron, what's going on, pal? Um, I just saw this when I was walking. I'm just walking, so I just saw this. Did they hire him as the head coach? Yes, that's why we're doing a green room right now. That is that is accurate. I don't think we'd be hiring him if it was speculative. Just saying, bro. Just saying. He's going to be quarterback. Okay, so I'm kind of out of the loop. Anyway, do you think this changes the like dynamic between the Jets and the Giants? You always say the Jets have a better future going forward. Do you think with the new GM and the new coach... Is the dynamic changed? That's a great question. That no, great that's question. no, they haven't. That's an excellent, excellent, excellent question, Aaron, because I said this on Bill's pod back in December, and I know I've been beating the drum on this over the last couple of months, that to me, you know, the Jets had a better future, blah, 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 because of everything that was going on. Assuming the Giants get it right at quarterback, which is still a big if, hype. Yeah. You want to know why I like their era a little bit more than the Jets and how my answer is evolving and changing? The division they play in. I think the NFC East is a lot more there for the taking than the AFC East because of the presence of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, to me, are in a much better place than the Dallas Cowboys. And that could change, but right now, if you're asking me what team would scare me more in the long term over the next five years, Buffalo, Dallas, it's Buffalo. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Buffalo, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, the Cowboys are still coached by Mike McCarthy. Until the Cowboys hire Sean Payton, I'm not going to be afraid of Dallas. When they hire Sean Payton, I think everyone's kind of screwed. By the way, those me. meetings, Sean Payton's gonna be those like television meetings are going to be super awkward. You know, that's like hey, Will, that's like could it get that's more awkward like than if you're the dating, That's like if you got like a girl, you date a girl, but you know she's got a major crush on uh, you know somebody that's coming to hang out with you on a particular night. Like the idea that that guy's going to be hanging around like. Ooh, that's gonna get no, it'll be it'll be flourishing because like everyone's like has known it's been a thing and it's like a will they won't they it's like everyone knows also it could nothing could get more awkward than Mike McCarthy I'm talking like the 60 seconds into his first press conference midfield Jerry World next to Jerry Jones Mike McCarthy admits he lied to get the job he said he watched every minute of film in the year that he he spent away from the game 60 seconds in a reporter's like is that true he's like no nah, you got to do what you got to do right like a minute in and it's like this guy's still the coach anyway it's crazy but to the Giants Jets thing. I think that the, this is a crazy draft right now. We got the Giants just reset. The Jets got Zach Wilson. They both have two top 10 picks. The Giants and the Jets. New York has 40% of the top 10. That's crazy. And I think that the real the Giants can pull away if they win three games next year, get a top two pick, and they can kind of take their pick of the litter at quarterback. That's when they could pass the Jets. And it also depends on what you get from Zach Wilson in his second year. If Zach Wilson 100%. takes a major step forward, the answer maybe is the New York Jets. If Wilson is similar to what we saw this year, then I think the Jets are in some major, major trouble and they're going to have issues long term. All right, let's take a I think both more. teams take a, a lineman. Yes, a, a lot of linemen. A lot of linemen talk uh, over the next couple of months in this draft. That That is for sure. All right, a few more, then we'll say goodbye and give you a little parting thought. Eamon is up next. Big Eamon, what's up, buddy? Actually, I lost Eamon. We go from Eamon to Mark. What's up, Mark? 
Hey, JJ and Heifetz. Let me tell you why I'm so excited. When was the last time the Giants had an offensive mind coming in who was considered on the, the cutting edge the way the Dayball is? I mean, Shermer was an offensive guy, but he was a little bit older. McAdoo, but Dayball is really in the in vogue right now on offense, and I'm just excited to see what he's going to do for the Giants. Hold on. Ben McAdoo was on the cutting edge of how big your play sheet could be. That's true. Literally, you needed a cutting edge well, how for the big, play sheet. How, too big. Big and how big and oversized your suit could be at an introductory yeah, press. That, Don't forget that about was, that. That's I mean, my goodness. Hairdos, oh. can somebody get Ben a suit that fits? I mean, he looks like me and my senior prom, for goodness sakes. Come on, man. Yeah, that was, that, that was tough. I mean, listen, Mark, I will admit this, though. We were going back and we were looking at some old school JJ photos from back in the day. Appreciate the call. Heifetz, you would not believe the uh, the fashion Back in like 2006, uh, the the suit that might have been like five sizes too big on JJ, not ideal, not ideal. <laughs> I, you know what is ideal? I'm saying I think actually I'm seeing now Ken Dorsey might actually be the the offensive coordinator with Dable. It's possible. But that would be that Nothing's would be a big win yet. for the Giants because then that would be incredible. Then you have the opportunity of saying, Hey Ken, do you want to call the plays? And that yes, way, you know huge. me, you trust me, you know what I like, you know what I'm all about, yes. and I can. Kind of focus on the idea, one through fifty-three, molding the Giants into the team I want them to be. But I guess if it's, we'll take one more. Actually, no. Let's let let's leave on a final thought. Let, you guys were great with your calls, but let's leave on a final thought. Is January, late January, twenty twenty-two, the most excited you've been about the future of the Giant franchise since the second Super Bowl? I think in the afterglow of a Super Bowl, you always think that you can still do it. And especially the way the Giants won those Super Bowls. I think Giants fans have a disproportionate belief that just making the playoffs means they can win the whole thing, especially as long as Eli was there. I think that, however, in the last five years, this is the worst stretch of football I think most fans have seen it in living memory. I mean, it's I mean, at least since the Joe Pizarchik era, this is the worst the team's ever been. I think today, what January 28th, 2022, this is the most hope I have felt for this team. And that is the number one thing. Giants fans, I, I'm a Giants fan. I'm going to say a little arrogant. Like, we kind of believe that, you know, our, our stuff doesn't smell. And we have smelled lately. I will tell you, it has been dark. And this is the most light and optimism I have felt. It feels like this awful football we have watched was not in vain. It's one thing to be the Lions or the Browns and watch 20 years of bad football and nothing changes. What is nice, and I will, after I've given a lot of crap to ownership, I will say, is it took a lot of empty seats and a lot of eyeballs to disappear, but they listened and they have stepped back and credit to them. This is a true reset and it is the most hopeful I have felt about this team in a really long time. How about that? And I lied. I'm giving you one more call before we say goodbye. <laughs> Let's do it. John, what's up, Johnny? Hey, JJ, I wanted to get your thoughts. So, I mean, you know, people are talking about uh, Dorsey being OC what do you think they do? Is Graham, you think Graham stays, whether he gets another job or not? And who would be another candidate for the defensive coordinator if he doesn't stay? Great question, John. Excellent, excellent call. If it's not Patrick Graham, Heifetz, Wink Martindale, I think is the giant yeah, defensive I mean, that's coordinator. I've seen a lot of football. I think the thing about Graham, I think that's worth noting. Matt Eberflus just became the head coach of the Bears. Matt Eberflus was hired to the Colts by Josh McDaniels. And then McDaniels backed out. Frank Wright gets the Colts job. Frank Reich kept Matt Eberflus, even though he wasn't his guy. And now a few years later, he's a head coach. I think that Dable will, would be wise to be open-minded about Patrick Graham. But also, again, if you get a weak Martindale, there's good candidates out there. Graham would be a good candidate if he got fired. I think it's kind of a win-win. 
Last one, Jeff. What's up, Big Jeff? Big Jeff. Oh, thank you. I just unmuted. Uh, my question's simple. If you think Dable in the next year doesn't prove himself early on, are we locking in that we're just going to stick with the coach a bit longer after firing the last three, after two? Oh, Jeff, listen. Yes. One thing, the Giants are not making any personnel changes over the next three years. You can take that to the bank. They yes. are going to give Joe Shane and Brian Dable Heifetz every opportunity to build a winner with this franchise. Every opportunity. You got to remember the Giants think they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's where the, the Giants think of themselves as like the Steelers. The Steelers have had three head coaches since Richard Nixon was president. That's how this team wants to be. What pains John Mayer, what pains them is the turnover. There's a reason that even in early December, John Mayer was like, we got to do Joe Judge because they know the turnover is clean the team. You have too many GMs, then you have too many head coaches. You have too many head coaches, you have too many quarterbacks. You have too many quarterbacks, you have too many losses. You have to stop the bleeding up top. That's how management works. They don't want to do this. They've, their hand has been forced over and over. This reset is them deciding this is our long-term plan and we're sticking with it for the first time in a while. This is a stable team. Danny Heifetz bringing the heat as always, bro. Listen, I hope I didn't ruin dinner plans because, listen, no, breaking no. news happens. See, that is the blessing and the curse of the New York, New York platform. It's that I have great flexibility, but all flexibility, my friend, works around these teams, the games, and whatever life brings our way. So the Giants hire a coach. We're not waiting till Sunday night to do something. Come on, bro. That's amateur hour. Well, that's not how we roll around here. So thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, JJ. Thank you to the Giants for actually taking some stuff into account. Wow. This is great. I'm happy. This is unbelievable. I'm Thank not you used for to this me, world. Danny Heifetz is in a really good mood. Sunday, we're back. Full pod. Um, we'll have all the championship Sunday reaction. The Giants have a head coach. It's Brian Dable. It's not Brian Flores. For Danny Heifetz, JJ, signing off. Enjoy your weekend. Great job, everybody. <laughs>